Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Jim and Amber Marchese from The Real Housewives of New Jersey are being accused of homophobia yet again because of their refusal to pay for their eldest child's college education due to his sexuality. Gina Kirschenheider from The Real Housewives of OC has opened up to authorities about the details involving her estranged husband Matt Kirschenheider's domestic abuse case. And Teresa Giudice from The Real Housewives of New Jersey was spotted in NYC smooching her younger beau yet again. And just a heads up that we won't be getting into any of Jackson and Brittany's wedding festivities on this episode, but be sure to listen to Thursday's episode, which will be a full deep dive into everything happening in Kentucky. And we'll end the show discussing our favorite moments that aired on Bravo this week. I will be tackling this mess and more. Today's co-host, Jess Rothschild. She's a host on the Out in the Wild podcast and came on to Bravo Happy Hour back on episode 45. Welcome back. Hey, great to be back. So you've had a very busy few weeks. So if you guys don't listen to Out in the Wild, it's a show all about celebrity encounters, you know, out in the wild. So Jess and co-host David had Kelly Ben Simone from the Real Housewives of New York onto the show and shit blew up. I mean, take it from there. <laughs> oh boy. So, all right. <laughs> well, where do I start? <laughs> listen, this really went beyond, you know, we were just talking right before we went on air. Yes, this really blew up far more than I ever anticipated it. In fact, I really thought the stuff that she said about Andy Cohen was just as interesting as the stuff she said about Bethany and Scary Island. So I was surprised that the Andy stuff didn't make more news because, you know, yeah, well, she was saying she was basically saying that she's convinced that he hates her, which he's now come out and said, like, that is so not true. He's like, I love Kelly. Like, obviously, she's nuts. Yeah. She's, she'll do anything on TV. Here's what I'll tell you. She came in. We had the best time. It, did you hear the yeah, interview? Yeah, yeah. I'll throw out the entire thing. Wait, by the way, guys, if you want more info about what Kelly actually said, listen to episode 54 of my show or obviously the episode itself. I'm telling you, she came in. I had jelly beans and gummy bears oh there for her. She did pick at them throughout the wow, interview. All right, there you go. That's some BTS for you behind <laughs> the scenes. <laughs> and we we really clicked. The three of us, we really clicked. I thought she was a lot of fun. And yes, she's obviously delusional on a few of the things that she said. I mean, a lot of the stuff she said was like a little bit out there. She's kooky. Yeah. We know this. This is not a surprise. She said one thing that I was like, oh my God, the, in the moment I knew was going to get out there with the thing she said about Bethany having a miscarriage or she's mm-hmm. saying like, I, I, she was putting words in Bethany's mouth, basically insinuating that Bethany was too wrapped up in the filming of the show. If you remember in season three, she filmed scenes with her father in California. She was flying to Scary Island to film that trip on The Housewives. And Kelly basically purported that Bethany didn't care about the well-being of her pregnancy, mm-hmm. which obviously isn't true. That's nuts. Yeah. I don't know why she said that. She's she's out there. I mean, she definitely had like no like qualms about saying anything on the entire show. I mean, I mean it was really like Scary Highland <laughs> happened yesterday. The way she was talking about it, it's like it was right. It was as if it had just 
happened. Well, I think she maybe struggled to understand why viewers, like, kind of have always loved Bethany, even though Bethany, like, has done, like, out-of-control things and, like, has misbehaved, let's be real, and, like, well, been I think, crazy in I, her own way. I think initially, and she started to talk about this in the interview, I think initially in season two when Kelly joined the cast, I think, yes, Bethany was threatened by Kelly because Bethany was, like, the single pretty one, mm-hmm. young pretty one who, you know, wasn't married, didn't wasn't tied down with family. Then they cast Kelly, and yes, I do think initially it was Bethany who was jealous, but I think as I think very early on, Bethany was like, oh, she's nuts. I can <laughs> yeah. like handle this no problem and yeah. like destroy her, which is what she did. Yeah. And I think in the end it was Kelly who like just couldn't handle it and in turn beca- became very jealous of Bethany. Yeah, I think that's a really perfect way of putting it. I mean, you probably had to be thinking about this <laughs> for the last few weeks, like, exclusively. Well, no, no, no. I haven't been thinking about it since we sat down at all. No, no. <laughs> Just in preparation for, like, the interview, you know, I you know, I rewatched Scary Island. And, of course, like, I've watched it 10 million times. Like, yeah. I didn't have to, like, do much research. Like, it's on. It's practically wallpaper in my apartment, you know? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> so did people reach out to you? Like, how have fans and listeners thought about you guys? Like... Well, people really fucking hate Kelly. Yeah. Can I curse on you? Yeah, oh my God, please. People really think Kelly's nuts. I mean, I read everything on Twitter. People, she took a beating in the press. And so I felt bad about that. The day it came out, that was when you're like, well, no, I think maybe it was out for like a day or two. And then press happened. I reached out to her the day we put it up. It was like, hey, I, I, like at the end, at the end of the day, literally, it was like 7 p.m. I was, after like, oh, day, her phone must have been like exploding, but I was like, I need to just like give this girl a minute. So I emailed her and I was like, hey, like just letting you know it's up. Like, no shit. It's like, you know, I just wanted to like hear the link. I just wanted to like step back a minute. She responded in four minutes and she was like, thank you so much. I love it. Congratulations on all the press. Like, all press is good for us. I was going to say, all press is good for us, especially when you're like kind of her, like you're on the back burner. She of, was like, very, she was very happy with the interview. Huh. She really thought that we captured her, uh-uh. her take and her state of mind. Like she stands by everything. She, she this is her but, truth. But I was going to say, but that's, there's something honorable in that too, where it's like, you know, everybody who's listening and is like, girl, are you okay? And she's like, nope, this is me and this is what I believe. And there's something, I don't know. Honorable I mean, about that. Even I will, if I don't agree with what she's saying. I will say, like, yeah, the salacious bits aside, it's very entertaining. And she was so sweet. Like, you could tell she was so comfortable. She had so much fun. Yeah, exactly. And that's a real testament to you guys as she, interviewers. Too. Right after she left, maybe like 30 minutes after she left, she emailed us. She was like, oh, my God, I could have talked to you guys for hours. That was so much You're fun. Like, get back here then. <laughs> you guys are so smart and funny. Like, she got us. Yeah. I, I don't think when she came in, I don't think she had a picture in her, in her mind of, like, who we would be or what we would look like and what our vibe would be. And I think when she opened the door and saw that it was me and David, she was like, oh, I get it. This is going to be really fun because we're, yeah. like, Two maniacs. Yeah. Like, we're t- not maniacs, but like, we're too, we're not intimidating at yeah. all. Like, we're very, we're here to play. And she really came to play and like have fun. And 
Well, hell yeah. Congrats yeah. on that. You guys got amazing press, and I hope that does wonders for your show. Definitely. Thank you. Probably reflects in the numbers. <laughs> well, let's just jump right into news this week. So Jim Marchese from the Real Housewives of New Jersey, if you guys don't remember, he was married to the one-season wonder Amber Marchese back on season six of Jersey. So his son, James, who goes by Michael, is from his first marriage, and he's gay and 17 years old. So recently it surfaced that his son made this GoFundMe page to raise 30k for his college education. So as of Saturday, 629, he's made 13k towards this goal. So supposedly Jim Marchese is not paying for his college because of his son's sexuality. So on the post on GoFundMe, the son said, since this time, my father's been slowly cutting ties with me until live, until I live according to his standards, essentially this meant, and still means that I have to be straight and date women while, quote unquote, admitting that I chose to be gay so that I can get something out of it from my mother. With this, my father has refused to help me pay for any schooling because he believes I have to live in his home and follow his preferred lifestyle to be good enough to receive any financial assistance with school. So people have been going crazy on Jim Marchese all over the internet, and I mean, I don't really blame them, but... This was definitely not <laughs> the fairest fight. Obviously, Jim clapped back saying, truly the rudest thing. This has nothing to do with sexuality. It has not, it has to do with money. He wants, n- <laughs> he wants to go to a no-name college in Connecticut that costs $275,000 when he doesn't even have a career path that he's focused on versus going to a state school that would cost 40K. Who pays that much for Fair- Fairfield College? If he had gotten to Yale, Harvard, MIT, UPenn, Warden Business, Business School, or one of the top 20 schools, we would have a different conversation. So like now he's like backpedaling. He's like, no, no, no. Maybe if he was smart enough, we'd pay for his college education. Sexuality doesn't have anything to do with it. Dude. I was trying to find the son on Instagram. I don't think he's on Instagram. I mean, I doubt he could be like on a public platform after doing this. I feel like. Yeah. Let's see. Michael Marchese, Twitter or Instagram. I couldn't find anything on him. Yeah, let's see. I found one kid with like 27. Oh, there's just like monster trucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's him. This is. God, I need to speak to the son and find out what the deal is. Yeah, I mean, so back on episodes 12 of this show, we talked about how Jim and Amber were standing up for Kevin Hart's homophobic words before he got banned on the Oscar stage. Wow. So, Oh, they're assholes. Oh, yeah. they're assholes. And then so Jim said this whole thing. So it obviously started because Kevin Hart was like, oh, I would break my – if my son was playing with a dollhouse, I would take the dollhouse and smash it over his gay head or something. Really great. So then Jim obviously was like, I stand with him. I stand with him. And then he proceeded to say, you know, gay children ruin family holidays. This was all back in December. So I'm assuming all of this was kind of obviously trickling – like trickling under the surface of what was actually happening. But hearing the son say that his father completely is a, like not paying for any money for his education because of this, and then the two of them backpedaling, being like, no, you're just not smart enough for us to want to pay for your college education, seems pretty on brand for the two of them. Yeah. I mean, I wish somebody would get a hold of him so he could like give his quote and. I mean, he might know? be a minor. I think he's seventeen, so I don't know if it's like appropriate. Like, I don't know, like oh. what the the legal. Like, I don't know if I if I hit him up if yeah. I could get like. I mean, listen, they were only on for one season. There's a reason for it. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, Andy Cohen like clapped back at him and was just like, "Fuck you, dude!" Like, this is not surprising. Like, obviously, none of this is surprising. And yep. Jim ended up like saying another really insane thing about how they found out the son was gay because the youngest brother the youngest brother so 
Michael's half-brother from Amber's crop of children. Supposedly, they sent all these, like, inappropriate videos to him showing, like, gay acts and stuff. So the entire situation's really gross, and I think Jim is handling it really poorly, especially because, like, he's the adult. Like, you'd think that, like, maybe he would take the high road, but the two of them are retweeting every article about them, page six, Daily Mail, every single thing. I'm like, you guys are such fucking leeches yeah. on society. Like, you think this is something good that you should be retweeting? And even Amber is like... You know, she made some bullshit comment also kind of doubling down on, you know, he's not smart enough to go to these schools, which is why we're not paying. She's like, I had cancer and I had to pay for that out of pocket. So we don't have the money like we used to. We have other four other kids. So he's just being selfish. Like, yeah. there's so much more to this story than what Jim yeah. and Amber are letting out there. And obviously this kid is willing to, like, put it out there, which is, you know, pretty honorable. And, hey, he made 13 grand. Yeah. Yeah. He'll make more. I mean, I think this will probably only get bigger and bigger. Yeah, for sure. And then even Jim said that, like, in one of his rebuttals. He was like, um, well, you do know that, like, you have three more years of college. Who, how are you going to do a new GoFundMe every year? I'm like, now you're taunting your kid. Like, now you're making him feel even worse. Terrible. <laughs> like, you're such a piece of shit, Dad. Oh, my God. And anyone I always think, like, if you're so anti- homosexuals, whatever, like there's some latent homosexuality in you that makes you feel so self-righteous about something that you just quote unquote don't understand. Yeah. And hey, Jim Marquise is a definition of like Napoleon complex. Like short little man, big person, like big, big, terrible, ignorant. He just gives me this heebie-jeebies, <laughs> but yeah, let's cancel them. I feel like we as a society can like all decide to get them out of our face. <laughs> so saying in New Jersey, Teresa Giudice was spotted with her young boyfriend, Blake Shrek, again out in New York City this past Thursday, June 27th. So the two of them were spotted at R17 rooftop cocktail bar where they sat across from each other on a terrace and they were drinking wine together. Do we know what he does for a living? I believe it was like a real estate thing. Okay. Back on episode 27, we kind of explained his whole vibe. So what I was hearing this week was that their explanation is like they're working on a project together, like they're working yeah. on something yeah. together. And this is strictly business. Yeah, business. Uh, yeah, strictly dickly. Like, no, I'm not. Right. What are you two in business doing to, like together? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think she should get it. Like, we'll see. what? Like, Joe's been gone for so long. He, they're clearly not staying together. Like, yeah. she's keeping a brave face for the girls now, obviously. And you know what? I don't blame her for doing that yeah. because you know what? They are young little girls. You know, if she started divorcing Joe while he's in like an ice detention facility, like, probably look pretty bad. Yeah, let the girls. I'll tell you, I have I have some inside juice on the uh, the. They just finished filming this, the new season of Jersey. It's going to be good. I mean, I feel like Jersey's always good. Like, even like season six where everyone hated it, where it was like the twins and Amber, like, I still loved it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. This is going to be a good season. Look out for Margaret Joseph throwing down with Danielle Staub. Um, Teresa in the very, very end gets in the, this is going to be a landmark season. You think? I know. I mean, I know you guys are out in the wild, so you guys. <laughs> no, like my co-host filmed the whole season with them, so I know exactly yeah, what happens. He's friends with what's her name, the new girl. He's what is her? He's name? friends with all of them. He's 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 probably closest to Jennifer Aiden, yes, the new Jennifer. one. But he's also really close with Margaret Josephs and her mom, Marge Senior. Oh my god! And he's really close with Dolores. He's actually with them right now. They're do do, they're working on something together, and um, yeah. 
I mean, I can understand Margaret and Danielle continuing this battle because the two of them were on the outs at the end of last season with, with the pool push. Like, you can't. You'll see what happens. I mean, Mar- Margaret is out. She is, like, out of the friendship, but it's very interesting to see the way it plays out within the context of the overall show to mm-hmm. see where does Danielle fit in the show. And in the very end, you'll find out. I mean, I feel like Danielle, towards the end of last season, everyone pretty much hated her. And totally. And Teresa being like, well, if you guys want to hang out with me, you have to hang out with her. I'm it's telling like, you what guys. What is this mob mentality of like being little children? I'm telling you guys, it's it's going to be good. I mean, hell yeah, I'll yeah. watch. Staying in New Jersey, Jacqueline Larita from seasons one through seven of The Real Housewives of New Jersey is officially moving out of Jersey, and she's moving back to Nevada. So she was a Las Vegas girl before she moved to Jersey, so. Remember her tagline, I'm a Vegas girl, I'll call your bluff? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's something dirty about anyone who, like, voluntarily chooses to live in Vegas. I don't know. Back I think on- she knows she's from there. Uh, I don't know. She always You're so like, funny. I don't know. She like always like rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I always liked her and husband Chris. I thought they were really cute together. I thought like he really loved her, but I think that could just be like Manzo rubbing off on him. And I think maybe I'm like, well, Dina and Caroline, you guys are all cut from the same cloth. So maybe that's why I like you. But they have been going through a lot of shit with the foreclosure of their house. I've talked about it back on episode 39 of this show. And yeah, I guess they're pretty psyched. They finally pulled the trigger and moved. But their daughter, Ashley, is staying in New Jersey with her baby, who is truly one of the cutest kids I've ever seen. I think his name is Cameron. What do you think would happen? So this is interesting that an OG from a city has now left the city that like defined them in a way. Mm -hmm. They're defined them their career in a way like do you think i mean i don't think any of the new york women will ever leave new york maybe luann when the show's over i can see luann like leaving the united states and going back for many of us the holidays will look different this year family and friend reunions might not be the same but that shouldn't stop us from feeling close that's why i'm gifting my loved ones the most meaningful gift this year a chance to tell their story and share memories using StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's a fun new way to engage with family, especially those you can't see in person this year. Around this time last year, I lost my grandfather, and I felt this insane guilt that I didn't ask him enough questions about his love story with my grandma, his career, his immigration journey from Italy in the 1960s, and so much more. To honor his birthday this past year, I gifted my grandma a StoryWorth membership. Every week, StoryWorth emails her a different prompt with questions you'd never think to ask, like, if you were to do it over, what would you have done differently? Or when was your first kiss? You can customize your prompts to ask anything you'd like. So I obviously had to ask, who's your favorite grandkid? Just kidding. <laughs> After one year, StoryWorth will compile all your stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that ships for free. I'm planning to order one for myself, my brothers, and my cousins so we can share our grandparents' story with our children someday. Give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash bravo hh. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash bravo hh for $10 off. If you are anything like me, you haven't bought a single gift for anybody this year, maybe other than yourself. (laughs) This will be an amazing gift for anybody who is looking for that last minute gift that doesn't involve shipping costs and will be something that you can pass down to your families for generations. That's storyworth.com slash bravo hh for $10 off off you guys and you get a deal look at that back to Europe (laughs) I can legitimately I'm not her moving to like Vienna I can just see her moving to Italy yeah I can see her yeah I think well we saw Dina Manzo move to Malibu I think 
from Jersey too. But I think in the sense that like, there's no going back for the two of them. I feel like Jacqueline and Rita, like you're never getting back on the Real Housewives of New Jersey again. Like that ship has sailed. So probably like that realization in their life when like they clearly couldn't afford their house. And like we kind of saw Chris struggling financially towards the end of the show. And, you know, a couple episodes, not a couple episodes, a couple months ago on this show, we were talking about how they were like selling all their belongings on like Craigslist and shit. So clearly like money hasn't been all too kind to them like they need some money so hopefully this will be like a cheaper lifestyle and obviously their one son is autistic so they had to deal with like so much different types of like therapy in addition to just like their family expenses so i think it's good for them to get out of there because what do you need like an eight bedroom home for like four of you like i i always find that a little frivolous and yeah no they're not getting on the show again her on the show but towards the end it was getting like so heated towards her and Teresa where it's like this yeah. isn't even fun to watch like Jacqueline like yeah. really crumpling and Teresa like kind of doesn't give a shit like and yeah, that's kind of hard to watch where it's like you're fighting with someone who just truly truly doesn't care oh <laughs> poor Jacqueline <laughs> we'll see you out west maybe she'll do like uh, a popover if Lisa Vanderpump gets that spinoff in oh, God. Vegas for her cocktail garden let's hope there's no spinoff. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> well, my friend who came on the last episode, um, Ryan Bailey, he was saying that they hired so many new people at Sir and Tom Tom, and then really? like, the new Vanderpump Rules season is going to be a lot of those people. Really? So I think they are going to end up doing like people who actually work at Sir and Tom Tom. So he OGs. went. He went there and he found out. Yeah. So he's friends with like Ariana. I think he's like hung out with a bunch of them just because he like lives out in LA and he's an actor. And, so and like, how do they feel? That the show may be changing and bringing in all these new people. I don't know. He didn't really mention it. But I think if anything, all of them moving out to the Valley, I think, is a telltale sign that, like, they're all, So like, who's – who? you don't think that they'll still be the stars of the show? Well, I think James Kennedy will stay with a younger new squad of yes. people working well, there. Well, the other ones won't film with him. Yeah, I know, which is like messed up. I feel so bad for. Well, James. it like, sucks because he's the best part of the show. Exactly. News flash to exactly. everyone. I wonder like what he's doing this weekend, like watching everybody's stories, just like yeah. Oh, feeling so sad about how he's not at the wedding. Oh, poor yeah. James. But yeah, on Thursday's episode, we'll talk more about that. <laughs> so switching coast, Real Housewives of OC, house husband Jim Bellino. If you guys remember, he was married to Alexis Bellino. He's been going through some crazy legal shit recently. He had sued Tamar Barney and Shannon Bedore for going on Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop podcast, where they basically accused him of... <laughs> like having this trampoline park that left people paralyzed and how he's going to go to jail soon. So he sues Tamara for a million. He sues Shannon for a million. Tamara sold. And he sued Heather McDonald. Yeah. And so now this, this is all going to be thrown out. You know uh, that, right? A hundred percent. So now, yeah, that's the new update in this case. So, Heather McDonald, the podcast host, is now being sued for a million dollars over letting these two women say this on his show. It's like, I don't think you can sue her. She didn't say the fucked up thing. She, like, Gave them a platform. Heather McDonald is the happiest person in the United States right now with the amount of press this got her. You know she is like looking at her freaking Google alerts being like, who, me? Yeah. Me? Me? 
me. And then her husband is probably like, fuck you. Now we have a $1 million lawsuit on our hands. No. <laughs> I don't know. He seems crazy. But Shannon recently had all of like her charges dropped and Jim actually had to end up paying her 130 grand for lawyer's fees. So you'd think his dumb ass would be like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't get involved in another like bullshit defamation lawsuit that'll probably end up being thrown out. <laughs> So stupid. Oh, my God. Tamara's still in the weeds with all this, though. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know that her her lawsuit's still going on. Why? Because she probably just doesn't have lawyers at the level of Shannon's. Shannon probably has I'm going to watch this story. This is a fun one. I mean, this will definitely be a fun one because they've, this has been going on for like, I feel like over a year and a half now. And I remember listening to the episode of her show. Oh, that episode is from a while ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I remember listening to this and just thinking like, oh my God, this is not good. Like, this is not good. Like, this is taking like slander to another level. And Heather gets a ton of listeners on her show. So it's not like people weren't hearing it, but Jim Bellino is so butthurt. But I heard on some other podcast that he opened up like a new like sky zone or whatever the name of his like trampoline park was. And everyone's like, it's great. It's great. So I wonder, (laughs) I wonder how that's going. Clearly not good enough if he's truly throwing out like baseless lawsuits to people. Yeah. God, he sucks. All these men suck. Him, Jim Marchese, like, come on, these gyms gotta go. <laughs> these gyms. <laughs> Speaking of other men who have truly gotta go, back on episode 57, we broke news that Gina Kirschneider from the Real Housewives of OC had, had her husband arrested for domestic violence back on June 22nd. So, ugh, this is so ugly. Back on June 24th, she ended up filing for a protective order, naming Matt as the respondent, and has requested a domestic violence restraining order. So it's really crazy, the things that have happened. So she ended up opening up, obviously, about what happened. He came to the house at 2 a.m., pounding on the door. He entered without permission. He threw her down on the couch, threw some furniture around, screamed at her face that he was going to kill her. He ripped off her bra. He took a pillow and hit me with it on the side of... He hit me on the side of the head with it hard. I begged him to stop, to calm down, but he kept hitting me. He started to hit me on the side of my head with his open hand when I tried to get off the couch. He threw me back down, began choking me, then started to hit me all over my body. Then the doorbell rang because the neighbors ended up coming because they heard screaming. He ended up grabbing her, dragged her to the cement back of the house. He threw her in the couch, started hitting her again, telling her he was going to kill her. His eyes were black and nothing I could say could bring him back to reality. This is absolutely devastating. Wow. Where do you even start? Like, how do you get to this point? Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, I don't even know what to say. The sad thing is that all three children were home while this was happening. So obviously she was trying to like diffuse the situation. Yeah. God forbid one of them left their bedroom. I don't know what's going on in Gina's world, but I'm glad she got this protective restraining order against him because mm-hmm. clearly like this guy is like not stable to be near her or their children because yeah. this is unpredictable behavior. Oh. Well, if you know anybody who is experiencing anything like this, call the National Domestic Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 for confidential support because no one deserves to go through this. Obviously, in private to go through this, but then on a such a public level for this poor young girl, like, I feel so bad for her. Luckily, OC has finished filming, so... Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. So at least... Yeah, it's about to premiere. Yeah, I think they said first early, week in August. Yeah, first week yeah. in August. So they're luckily done. I don't know if 
They've done reunion yet, though. No, no, no. They film. They film the reunion. They film all reunions. Oh yeah, like a month before they air. Yeah, a month before they air the reunion. Oh, so this is gonna get ugly. Yeah. I feel so bad for her. I don't know. This was really upsetting when I read about it in the first place because I know they were yeah. trying to like rekindle things because they have young kids and whatnot. But this guy must have some fucking demons because he's clearly acting out. And oh. yeah, <laughs> it's really sad. Yeah, this is like a dark ass episode with like <laughs> really, really dark shit for people. Like, uh, except for Teresa getting some dick. So <laughs> at least there's that. There's that positive spin on it. Well, Jess, what was your favorite moment that aired on Bravo this week? I would say, obviously, I watched the New York finale. Mm. I would say... But your co-host was in a bunch of times. You could see him Oh, yeah, he was... You're right. Um, So my favorite moment, I really liked when Bethany was kind of doing the voiceover about how... She basically described getting closure with the death of Dennis. I thought that it really closed out the overall her overall arc for the season mm-hmm. like in terms of storytelling so i appreciated that that like okay we opened with Dennis's death she dealt with it the whole season meanwhile it's actually over 3 months you know yeah and i liked that you know she had this quote unquote near death experience which i'm not belittling but she had this experience and you know talked about supposedly like feeling him or like seeing visions of him and she was like i'm staying here you're staying there like I don't know. I liked the closure. There was something almost poetic a little bit about mm-hmm. it. So I appreciated that. And then obviously I love Camille going after Dorit's finances in Beverly Hills. <laughs> I mean, someone's got to do it. Yeah, like, someone's got to do it. in the freaking room. It's the only thing that has happened on Beverly Hills. Which, thank God. Yeah, All because, season. I mean, I was watching uh, the beginning of that episode this afternoon and I literally couldn't even get to the app. Like, I couldn't even get to the end of the show because I was so bored with their boring conversations with Teddy and Erica going yeah. back and forth again. Do you about, think Teddy will be back? I think she will because she's controversial enough where people are talking about her. And I think Bravo listens to that, regardless of if like they're talking in a good way or a bad way. Plus her and Kyle are like thick as thieves. And so I think that is interesting to kind of watch yeah. as now Kyle thinks she's like taking What about this. Erica? Erica, I don't really know. I don't really need her on the show. I don't think she like, really brings much for me. I was just saying on um, on our show this week how I really feel like she needs her own – she needs a spinoff because she does not fit in an ensemble group. Yeah. Same with LVP. Does yeah. not fit in an ensemble cast. They need to be the, the star of their own thing. Yeah. And then like it can be Erica, you know, Mikey and the crew, just how LVP has all the mm-hmm. Vanderpump Rules kids. But see, then for Erica's show, like, what would be the plot? Like, what would we be her watching recording for? music? Like, where's her? She's recorded zero songs. Well, since remember the last show year started? she was like doing a ballad. She was like recording like her ballad. Went nowhere. It's like, where's the ballad? Went nowhere. Her she peaked too early. She yeah. peaked in the first season or two. She did, and I I love Erica Jane. Love, <laughs> but. The past, like, three seasons, there's really hasn't been much. Yeah, I haven't really ever connected with her. And maybe I'm, like, actually agreeing with Teddy in the sense where I do find Erica to be a little fake, where it's like, what are you? Like, who are you? And I think she just doesn't like doing the show. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that it got her the exposure she wanted. And but gave she's not her- doing any... Well, okay, that's not true. She wrote a book. She has the makeup line. But what else? 
Yeah, like, what are you doing? What, what's like, the, what does the next five years look like? Because she could be making music at any time. Like, I it's know. not like she's like writing her own songs or producing anything herself. It's so, so it's weird. Like, find a writer, find a music producer, and then get in the booth and start recording. Like, like, isn't it weird that she she came out with much more music way before the show started? Well, I had no idea after. she was like an actual like club music she was like yes icon you can watch if you go on youtube you can watch videos of her performing at prides like all around the country like she what like yes which is pretty amazing because even like she came on the show and i feel like that wasn't really like her thing like i feel like towards now because it's probably what this is her third season or maybe fourth maybe fourth now it's like she's just Erica Jane. I feel like in the beginning she was doing like that. I'm Erica Girardi too. And then now it's like Erica Jane, Erica Jane, Erica Jane. But we don't see her making any music. She performs, but you know, the same three in songs. One in one episode. Yeah. And so there's like nothing really other than. She went on tour and they don't follow her on tour. <laughs> Are you kidding me? See, actually, yeah, I think that would be interesting to watch like her whole, like just like the background dancer drama. Cause it wasn't Mariah Carey's show. Like when she had that reality show, it was like very like oh, yeah. based Mariah, around like, Mariah's world. Yeah, Mariah's world. So it was like very based in like her agent and her background dancers and like all of the all people the drama who made- with it. You know who is it? One of her background dancers, Mikey's boyfriend. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> I'm telling you, you might you might be off. You know, I went to one. I went to the opening of Christina Aguilera's Vegas show, like at the beginning of the month, and. Erica Jane, Mikey, Mikey's boyfriend were literally as this close to me. The whole oh they were God. they were right there watching the show. How does she look in person? How tall is she? She's very tall, probably like five ten. Very wow. tall. She was comp- she was in full Erica Jane regalia. <laughs> she was in like a one like a Burberry onesie. She had a high high ponytail. In the middle of the show, they touched up her makeup, <laughs> like in a dark show. Yes. <laughs> Oh I talk about it. I talk about it. So on, funny. I, we did an episode where I recap it on Out in the Wild. Look for that episode. That is. So, I talk about my Vegas trip and seeing her completely in the pitch black. They're like, "Well, we're probably on the clock getting she's paid." So shan- why not? She's drinking the sh- champagne the whole time, just like in the confessional. It was. Uh, I have all the videos on my Instagram. <laughs> it was amazing. You have to listen to listen to that episode. I will absolutely it's because good. that's good. Because I don't know. I would like to see her hanging out, having fun, like letting loose, like feeling comfortable. And we see uh, when they were in France, she was talking. She's like, you know, this is the first time I've ever really like opened up with a group of girls. Like I've never been a girls girl. I've never really had girlfriends. And it's like, but why is that? Like, what? Are you, what's so? Mm-hmm. But she I, probably had a bad experience with a friend when she was young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Poor girl. Well, yeah, I think that would actually be a really good idea. Pitch it to Andy. A little bit of therapy here on Bravo Happy Hour. (laughs) Well, my favorite moment that was on this week comes from Below Deck Med. Have you been watching it this season? I don't watch Below Deck. Oh, my God. It's really good. Yeah? You should start watching this season, Below Deck Med. I think it's like four or five episodes in. Okay. Because you, like, might know some of the players. Like, Hannah's from last year. Okay. The guy, Joao, Colin, and then the captain is from last year, too. But everyone else is a newbie, so it's not like you're, like, going in. Oh, sorry. Without. Out, um, knowing anybody, but this season's really good because there's the female chef who's this Russian chick. She is the worst chef literally ever. She made this one like nachos dish, and it was literally as if like you were in fourth grade and you were like, I'm gonna make nachos. You like put the nachos on the table, you like put some corn or something, and just cheese, and she's literally stuck it in the microwave to like give to these people on a super yacht. So 
everybody hates her. The captain hates her, but they don't like know how to fire her yet. And minus that, she's also uh, a homophobe as well, and like has openly said like, "Why would I want to to see two men kissing? That's disgusting. That's disgusting." So everybody on the boat hates her. So now they put the third stew, who used to be a chef, as the new chef, and the actual chef is like her sous chef. So the drama between the two of them and the tension that's like going on in the galley is so good. Interesting. It okay. Is, it is really good. And obviously, Below Deck is one of those shows where it's like I don't watch it every week. Like I watch like the Housewives, like. Housewives for me are priority, and then I would do like a Vanderpump Rules, Southern Charm level, and then it's like you know, Below Deck or Married to Medicine. Like there's like my sec, my third yeah. tier shows, but Below Deck is now like getting into like top tier because cool. it's so good. So definitely everybody watch that. Well, Jess, this brings us to the end of the show. Where can people follow you and listen to your awesome show? Uh, you can just find Out in the Wild uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, and I'm Jess XNYC on Insta. That's it. Perfect. Well, thanks again for coming on. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Bravo Happy Hour. If you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts to leave a quick review and a five-star rating. And while you're at it, head to Instagram and follow at Bravo Happy Hour to talk with fellow listeners on the episode's discussion posts. Also, feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any super juicy gossip or just to say hi. Be sure to tune in every Monday and Thursday for more of your favorite Bravo-related news. 